Hello, my dear listener, and welcome to Is This It? I'm your host, Dana Grunberga, and I'm here to have meaningful conversations with talented and purpose-driven people to discover what mindset allowed them to overcome their greatest challenges and achieve success and share it with you so you can do the same. On today's episode, Jada Milani, overcoming bullying and racism to become an award-winning bodybuilder. Iran is an Islamic country. A lot of people may not be as religious as other Islamic countries within Iran. Women don't play football. Women shouldn't be wearing short. Women shouldn't be revealing too much skin. All of this, my dad had been brought up with and he was conditioned that way. And he was very protective over me. Money is unfortunately one of those things that people can get lost in it if they don't keep the purpose focus at the back of their mind. I open my eyes one day and I'm standing on a stage with a medal and trophy. The first time I step on stage, uh, there's been a lot of people in this industry that have been doing it for years and still trying to achieve what I've achieved. Is that a signal? Hi, Jada. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I want to uh, go back to your childhood day. Can you please paint the picture? of what was the world like for young Jada? Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay, Um, so until I was seven, I lived in Iran. I lived on the north side of Iran, near the Caspian Sea border. So a seaside city, an island, a little island close to the city is where I was from and my father was from. You know, it was a great childhood till about seven, getting to eight years old. I had a lot of love around me, a lot of family. My mom's a big family, so is my father's family. And, you know, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, which I absolutely loved, and they loved me. I was the eldest grandchild on my mom's side, so I was getting a lot of love from them, and um, it was just beautiful. I loved it. But um, because of my dad's work, uh, he was in the import and exporting business. And they needed a representative in the UK. Um, Mm. So we had to relocate. And you moved to UK at the age of seven. Yes. I think I was, you know, it was my seventh birthday. And then like two, three months later, we made the decision. And by the time we were out of Iran, I think it was like six months after my seventh birthday, we moved out of Iran. So. And you said that you've experienced a lot of racism and mm. bullying once you moved to UK. Yeah. What sort of impact do you think that left on you? When I came, I, I was a child. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know the language. And, you know, that itself was a little bit scary. But when I started school here, I kind of uh, faced a little bit of a shock because um, I was always quite a popular kid. I was always very friendly with other children back in Iran and had a lot of friends and suddenly I wasn't being accepted and I didn't know why and that was really confusing. Why am I not being accepted? Okay, I don't speak the language but I can learn and you know then the racism came in and as a child at that age you don't know what racism is and it it impacted me greatly in, in the rest of you know my life and I think that was something that genuinely drove me to constantly want to prove myself mm. to others from that chapter onwards yes that I am good enough that I'm no different to others that you know I'm a good person <laughs> so essentially you took something bad that external factor mm-hmm. of racism bullying that you encountered in in school yeah and you actually turned it into something that has benefited you greatly definitely I would say that I mean I said to you earlier sometimes I think if all those things that didn't happen to me hadn't happened would I have been this person today would I have had the strength to push myself so much to you know achieve higher levels in life And I guess I would never know the answer to that, but deep down, I feel like a huge part of that, that I never wanted anything, you know, that was small. I always wanted the bigger things in life and wanted to be in the center of the spotlight to prove that it can be done is because 
of everything I went through because of all the hardships and, you know, feeling like I was worthless at one point and just wanted to, you know, just prove myself all the time. Definitely, I think that has been a major part of my life, yeah. I'm thinking sometimes there are people that things like this happen to, but they don't take that highway. They don't transform that into something good. They unfortunately spiral into a series of bad experiences that lead them onto not such great paths. So if you had to take a guess, what do you think was the thing that allowed you to take that positive approach into channeling those negative experiences into something great later on? One thing that people don't realize, relocating from a country that the whole culture is different and the language is different is not an easy thing. And seeing my parents go through that at a very early age, I had a little bit of a more deeper understanding into, you know, the society around me and what the effects of these changes have been on my family. My mom suddenly coming from a big family, she's alone in the UK, having no one around her. And just things like this made me develop a deeper understanding especially with my dad's job, you know, um, with the language barriers here, him struggling, but still, you know, pulling through and pushing it to the limits. And I, th and I, I think from a very early stage, I thought, you know what, my parents say they've decided to make this relocation because they want me to have a better life. And if they are going through all of this and they're still pushing for me, then I have to do the same thing because otherwise they've left everything behind for me and I'm going to disappoint them. And I think that was the main thing mm. that kind of was constantly at the back of my head. No, you, you need to keep going. This is nothing. It's fine. You'll get through it. So a sense of responsibility almost. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When did you first have an inkling as to what you wanted to do in life? I changed career paths a lot. I went into different things. I'm just a very cute, like curious person overall. I like to read about different things and I don't know. I think I realized after my dad, like any Middle Eastern parents, it's quite funny because they always want you to be a doctor mainly and they always push you towards that path. And my dad wanted me to get into dentistry and obviously because I didn't want to disappoint I said okay and you know my grades were good enough to do that went actually got accepted and went to um, Manchester University to study that and he put me in a placement his friend his good friend was a doctor and a dentist and you know I went I went and worked there for a while and I thought you know what and I think that's where I realized I don't want to be doing something like this. Mm. I don't want to be in one place and doing the same thing over and over again every day. I need to be out there. I need to be meeting different varieties of people and just doing something different. And I always loved making money. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> always nice. Yeah. And I, I just thought maybe there's a business side to me. And You know, at that stage, I already had, you know, set up a photography business and that was doing well. And I thought maybe I should be a businesswoman. And I think that's where it was that my dad pushed me into something and I realized, no, this is not my path. And it made me think about what I wanted to do going forward, maybe being in business or helping people. It was always, you know, going backwards and forwards with these two, two different things. And from there, I just kind of touched on a little bit of everything until I got into the sporting world, I think. And I think that's where I realized, ah, this is what I should be doing because I'm enjoying it. Mm, so that's the thing that you enjoyed most out of everything you've ever done. Yeah. I mean, I thought I liked making money a lot. And I thought, whatever business I set up and is successful, the money's going to give me that satisfaction. I can live a better life. But then when I did do that, and that was at a very early age, so, well, that, that wasn't hard. That's easy for me. 
but I'm not enjoying it. Mm. The money isn't bringing me that that joy. So then I got involved in sports and I was happier. And that happiness was that click that you're talking about, I think. Yes, it's yeah. something that we uh, discussed prior, right? Yeah. So what do you chase first? Chase your your passion in this case. Mm. And if you indulge your passion and you master your craft yeah. and help other people with mm-hmm. your craft, then the money is very likely to follow. So, yeah. Whereas if you just focus on money, which essentially is just a tool, tool at the yes. end of the day, then likelihood of at some point finding yourself disappointed is very yeah. high. Yeah. And you can get lost in it. Money is unfortunately one of those things that, you know, people can get lost in it if they don't keep the purpose, the focus at the back of their mind. Yeah. You actually liked sports since very early age. So when did that click for you professionally that you want to pursue sports? Sports in general goes back to the times I was at school and I was experiencing all the bullying and racism. And it was um, it was really bad. The racism was really bad. I lived in the north of England. And at that time, when I'd come to the UK, there was a lot of you know, foreigners, especially Middle Easterns, coming into UK. And um, there was a very low level of understanding uh, amongst people why these people are coming suddenly into our country, what's going on. And, you know, they would just put everyone in the same group and assume, make assumptions, and therefore racism in the North was a little bit higher than, let's say, would have been in London, because London's a little bit more international and always has been. But in the North, it wasn't like that. So because of the bullying and the racism I was experiencing, I wasn't really involved in anything. I didn't have many friends. And sports at school was the only thing I could get involved without needing to be friends with anyone. So there's teams at school and I thought, you know what, if I'm good enough, they'll have to want me on their team. And um, I started playing football at school and, you know, I caught a bit of attention on the field, being good. Uh, I had some skills and the coaches at school realized that. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of communication. There wasn't a lot of, oh, you're, you're good. Oh, you, you, we, you can develop this skill fair. There wasn't anything like that. It was just like, mm, okay, you can be on the team. And that was a lot for me. Like, be, finally, I was being accepted in something and it just felt great and that's where it started I was like you know what I'm gonna keep this up I'm gonna I love it you know it was I think there was days where I was like oh I'm so, so tired I don't I don't want to play football today like it's so cold it's so you know <laughs> I don't want to go out today but it was because I was part of something it was pushing me to do it and then I eventually fell in love with it and then that developed into a semi-pro level but there was a lot of culture clashes. My parents and a girl playing football, they just couldn't accept that. <laughs> Tell me about the cultural challenges you faced when you considered doing bodybuilding professionally. My father had lived in Iran for like 35 years and he was brought up with... Iran is an Islamic country. A lot of people may not be as religious as other Islamic countries within Iran, but they are still culturally nurtured into believing certain aspects about women. And one of them was, you know, in sport, women don't play football. Women shouldn't be wearing short. Women shouldn't be revealing too much skin. Um, And all of this, my dad had been brought up with. And he was conditioned that way. And he was very protective over me. And even though he had traveled abroad and he was part of a national team in Iran for kayaking, he traveled for the world championships to Finland and the UK. Prior to actually bringing his family over, he knew what it was like over here. It was much more open. It was, there was a lot more freedom, especially for women. But um he still it was a shock for him and when he came he didn't think it was as bad as like well in his in his head as bad as he thought and um so 
that way of thinking for my family um, resulted in me not uh, having a lot of opportunities I could have had in sports. So from going from a place where you can't wear shorts and football isn't for a sport for a girl, um, going to in a two-piece bikini on stage, that was me completely rebelling against everything and saying, you know what, you don't have a say anymore. This is me. Did you ever feel afraid to lose your family's approval? I think deep down, I thought that I'd already, I was a disappointment to them. I, because, you know, everything they didn't want me to do and the world around me was doing and it was fine and they said no, I was doing also. And I thought, well, I must have already disappointed them. So I can't do this anymore. Uh, there was a transition with my mom uh, at one point and she, you know, was much more supportive than she was in my younger years and she said you know what I admit I was wrong and I stopped you from doing a lot of things that you loved and you wanted to try out when you was a teenager when you was younger and it wasn't right of me to do that I should have let you explore it but I did it because your dad wanted it that way and Obviously, parents are always <laughs> going backwards and forwards, trying to blame each other. But my dad then explained, obviously, because I've lived this way for so long and this is how I was taught. And I'm, I'm sorry. They just said sorry. And I said, look, uh, I lost a lot of opportunities because of the cultural reasons, because of the way you were thinking. So from here on, I'm just going to really try and live my life the way I wanted, which I honestly believe is not the wrong way. And, uh, you know, they, my mom was like, you know, go, go and do whatever you need to do to make yourself happy. And my dad slowly followed that. And as we're speaking today, he, you know, he said he's proud of me for where I am today. How important and how much did that mean to you that they actually came to you with these apologies and this acknowledgement as well? It was a sense of, you know, relief that I wasn't a bad kid. You know, it was at, always at the back of my mind, am I asking for too much? You know, as an Iranian girl, am I asking for too much? Is this, am I disappointing, you know, my community, my people? Or is this just normal? And I think that was cleared up. And that was a really good feeling. And I realized it was much more important to me, actually, than I originally thought, because I was angry and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I don't care what you all think, which took a lot of courage, actually. I'm going to be honest with you. But I think when I when they finally said sorry and when they finally came to terms, uh, it, I, then I realized that, oh, wow you know, this feels good. I didn't think it was that important that they say, you know, when you're angry. Yeah, because it's almost like a protective mechanism because yeah. you, you're not, you don't have it in any way, the approval. Yeah. So you almost like ignore it and say, well, I don't need it anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. But then once it does come, it does make a difference. Yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah. You don't think it would have, but it made a difference. Yeah. yeah. And I think that kind of gave me the freedom to explore more options. You mentioned before that it was the support and encouragement of your spouse mm -hmm. that ultimately made you decide to pursue bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if he regrets it now. <laughs> <laughs> because it's hard to live with someone that's in the bodybuilding industry, but maybe we can come to that later. But yeah, he definitely was the reason behind it. And it was because I lost a lot of opportunities in mm -hmm. the sports field. When I was younger, you know, and then because what happened was I was scouted for uh, higher level teams for football and, you know, um, because of family not wanting me to pursue that career. So I just I left it. And hey, guys, I have a very exciting announcement to make. I've started working with my very first sponsor and it's none other than drumroll Momo Kombucha. 
Our own London-based, locally produced, healthy and delicious kombucha that I've been a fan of since I first tried it. For those of you who know me, you know that I'm obsessed with my health, but at the same time, I'm a devout foodie and nothing will make me renounce tasty food and drink. Unfortunately, most delicious drinks are full of sugar and other additives that are not good for your health. This is why I love Momo so much. It's delicious, so it curbs my cravings for snacks and healthy as it contains loads of probiotics that are great for your gut. If you'd like to try it yourself, use the discount code ISTHISIT15 to get a 15% off of your first order. From there on, team sports weren't something I could get involved in because I would just let the team down if mm-hmm. we needed to go at a higher level or travel to, you know, for competitions. So I thought, you know, what sport am I going to get into? Kayaking, which is my, what my dad was involved in. Mm, dress code, he still wasn't happy with. And honestly, this wasn't because of religious reasons. This was just cultural. He says now it wasn't because of religion. I didn't want you to not wear that bikini or not wear it was just culturally conditioned that way that you know maybe uh, people will take advantage of you being a girl you know dressing like that so it was his way of protecting you protecting yeah so every sport i kind of wanted to go towards there was always an issue and i thought you know what i'm just gonna stay healthy i'll just get in the gym it's me versus me not part of a team And I'm just going to do my own thing just to keep myself sane, basically. And because I was at the gym quite a lot, I found myself, you know, uh, going every day. My partner said, you know what? There's a lot of people competing these days. You seem to be in the gym all the time. Do you want to maybe do that? Like give that a go because you've lost a lot of opportunities. You always said, you know, I never got the chance to prove myself as a sports person uh, if if I can do it go do that. And I thought, bodybuilding? Hmm. I never thought of that. All right, I'll have a look into it. And he said, yeah, go speak to a coach. I said, okay, there's this guy at the gym. He he, he looks quite good. He looks like a, he's a good coach. Um, I've seen him train other people. Let me go and speak to him. And that was it. I love, <laughs> I love to see how uh, a real life example of how a supportive relationship can help you flourish professionally 100%. as well. And you've been married for 11 years. So can you share with us some tips of how to maintain a great relationship? Oh, wow. Um, I think the biggest thing is learn from each other. Don't be, you know, don't set rules. Um, Just... You know, you're not there to change each other. You need to learn from each other and grow together. Respect each other's, you know, mindset and way of thinking. And always explore. If there's something you're not happy with from your partner, don't just take what they say. This is what I've always done. I've always explored, you know, what's behind it. Where is this coming from? What's triggering it? And I think that is the effort that you need to put in. Uh, if you hear something you don't like or see something you don't like, um, don't just see that. Explore what's behind it, what's triggering it, and talk about it and communicate. I know people always say communication is key, but I say kind communication is key. Yeah. Communicating and being bitter with your words doesn't get you anywhere it's not what you say it's how you say it yeah you need to be kind i think to sum it up to answer your question kindness because at the end of the day you're there to you know support each other you began this relationship because you both needed that love and if you're gonna be always disagreeing with everything and not letting things go and not you know caring enough to look deeper and being kind then why are you in this relationship do you know what I mean so I think that kindness is the biggest thing Mm. always be kind I love how you said also uh just putting in the effort yeah 
you know how there the, there's that saying the grass is always greener on the other side <laughs> yeah i think the grass is greener where you actually water it yeah 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 definitely. simple as but people forget yeah um and there's another one that i love which is if we kept treating our partners the way we treated them in the dating phase mm-hmm. throughout the whole relationship yeah. that, that relationship would never end yeah quite literally L- literally and you know what we're all individual people um that have gone through life um with different experiences no matter how much you think that you've got in common with the other person you've all individually have gone through a lot of things there might be a lot of things about your partners that you've lived with for many years the smaller smaller details that you don't know about you can't possibly ever know 110% like what's going on in their in their mind or what they've gone through and everybody's journey and everybody's story is different and you know that has a huge impact on the person who they are today that you're living with and you you can't just expect everything to be the way you want because that person has had a different experience it might be difficult for them to accept your ways you, you even try to be how you want them to be because of things that have gone gone on in the past you know we always have to respect that that everyone goes through the journey of life differently and we're all individual people and if we get together we need to be kind to each other because you never know what that person's gone through or what the past experiences have been like yeah, yeah. so it's also that patience compassion yeah and understanding yeah which will eventually result in the two you know opening up to each other a little bit more and being more comfortable and maybe talking about past ex- experiences which has always been like you know I've, i i talk with my partner and something he says and he might not even realize it from his past sometimes it just clicks i'm like oh that's why he thinks like that or he's this way with people because of this experience do you know what i mean yeah so what we go through in life has a lot especially as a child in our childhood has a lot of impact on the adults we are today mm. so let's always be kind and take that into consideration when we're approaching our partners yeah definitely having started your um, bodybuilding career in 2019 you already have amassed an impressive list of achievements so three Thank times you. first place in UK yeah. and several times European European podium uh in IFBB Pro League everything that happened in my life during my childhood especially strengthened my mindset this isn't a physical sport at all this is a sport that's literally done with the mind it's not bodybuilding it's mind building i, I always say that and um it's all about having mental strength pushing through believing that the hardship is happening for a reason and i think you know i've had it's it's a very difficult sport because you know with a diet with a level of training and all the things different aspect of things you need to think about a lot of people come out and say oh it's easy it's a luxury sport it's this is that i'm just very raw i'm like no it it ain't an easy sport at all it's very hard it's always easy from the outside yeah, right you see the end picture on stage and you're like wow you don't know what every day of getting there has been like and you know every, and being in a uh repeat like repeating lifestyle it can get really demanding and can can mentally uh be draining and i think it's literally everything i went through all the bullying all the racism all the culture clashes with the family um all the not being accepted in society that just continuously built me to be into this stronger like mentally stronger person and patient like patience is the biggest thing in this sport you don't know what the end result's going to be you're just doing a certain list of things to hope that you're going to look in a certain way on the day mm. and you got to be patient for that 
So it's this continuous effort, continuous effort without actually any guarantee of the result. Yeah. And you know what? Everything can actually go wrong in the last week. Bodybuilders call it peak week. Mm. In your peak week, if things don't go right, the whole journey that you've gone through or the hardship that you've put in, it could just be ruined within just like a couple of things going wrong. (laughs) Tell me about one of the toughest moments in your life. There was a few. (laughs) One of them I have to pick. Okay, so the first preparation for the first competition I did, there was a lot going on in my life, a lot of which I can't share because it involves other people and it's mostly their lives that I can't really talk about, but had huge impact on me. So while going through competition and while um, being in preparation on very low food and difficult training, um, a family member of mine wasn't well and that impacted me hugely, which then impacted everything else in my life. Working and making money so financially, I was in a difficult position. And then alongside that, I had to turn up for all the training sessions being in a good mindset, keep up with the diet, you know, being in a financial, a bad financial situation in this sport, it's, it makes things even harder because, you know, you've got a lot of supplementation, you've got a lot of food, you've got a lot of, you know, training sessions to pay for um, and try and keep to a level where you can work as well and keep up with things. So everything came hand in hand to tell me hmm, you might not make it this time like you might need to do the next competition because the biggest thing in this sport that can ruin you is stress you know like for weight loss they say stress is a big big thing for, for this sport stress is like literally the barrier it can stop you from getting that first place if you're stressed out a lot you can't train well uh, if you're stressed out a lot you you're losing appetite on the food that's not even that nice to you know it's not the average food that you eat every day and you know everything hand in hand along with the stress even like my coach to a point he came to me and said you know what Jada you're you're very anxious you're stressed a lot of the times it just doesn't work like this your sleep's all over the place you're worried for this family member and do you want to stop and this was like three, four weeks before competition. So the the journey starts at like 18 weeks out. So I'd gone through a lot of it. And then three weeks to competition, I got in a really dark place and I found myself crying all the time, anxious, not being able to handle the training. And, And that was like a really dark place for me because I was, I felt selfish, you know, because I was trying to compete at the beginning when I decided to everything was fine and then I'm doing this thing where people don't see necessary but I've worked so hard for it I can't let go am I being selfish you know not thinking about the other person you know that's going through such a difficult time what about my business I've worked so hard for my financial situation which affects obviously my family everyone around me so I, I think I felt selfish at the time that, you know what, Jada, just leave it. And, I, and then I would think, how can I leave it? I've done so much for it, you know? It just did I didn't know what to do. So I was what confused. made you push through? I think I had a conversation with my partner and I said, look, um, I think he saw that I, you know, along with my coach, they spoke together and they were like, she needs to either really push or she needs to like back off. And I had a conversation and... You know, he said, everything's going to be fine. Um, he gave, they gave me both of them. They gave me that reassurance that I could still do it if I just went with the mentality that everything will be fine. These are not the worst times you're going through. You can, you can handle this. And then I think I, I just came to a point where I thought, what, what, why am I even thinking about canceling this? I've been through worse. You know, I've been through worse. I was a kid. And I've been through worse situations than this. I'm an adult now. <laughs> it, if I don't do this, I will regret it for the rest of my life. I've come this far, only three more f- weeks ago. 
I'm just going to refocus, reset and continue going because when I do win and it wasn't ever if. I love that. I swear, I don't know why I was so confident with that situation <laughs> that was going on around me. I just said, when I do win, these people that are going through the same hard time as me now, at least I could bring some sort of happiness. Yeah. Maybe I could gift them with this. Like, and that's, that's what it was, I think. I thought, let me bring a little bit of goodness. I can do this. I can make them happy. Um, they'll come and they'll watch me and they'll kind of get out of this zone for a bit. And I think that that's, what, that's exactly what happened, actually. So it was almost in spite of your own doubts and also in the name of others that yeah. you did it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, di I did do it more for others, more for that family member going through that difficulty, um, more for my partner. Um, you know, he was also worried about the business, the financial situation. He was pushing through, he was pulling through. And it was for them, I thought, you know what? And then also for my parents as well, I thought, you know, this one time, they're like, go do whatever you want to do and be happy. If I fail, are they going to laugh at me? <laughs> Probably not, because obviously they're my parents and they love me. But that was always at the back of my eye. I thought, I need to do this. If I don't do it, I'll disappoint a lot of people and I'll just fail everything that I've worked for to prove that, you know, if I had the opportunity, I could do it. I need to prove that I can do it. I love that you used specifically that as a fuel. And this is something that we discussed also prior, prior to the recording, that when you make your life bigger than just about yourself, yeah. you, it just becomes bigger. Your life becomes bigger. You can tap into these reserves of this motivation and this power and this energy because all of a sudden it's not just for you. Yeah. You're doing this for other people as well. And I think that's really, really powerful. Yeah, I 100% agree. It, it, it is definitely one of the most powerful things you can, you can have mentally if you, if you go down that route, yeah. You're also training other people. Why is that important to you? Coaching came from the part of me that wants to help people. I've always been that person, you know, in the family where everyone calls if they've got something that they can't figure out or <laughs> they've got a problem with, even if I don't have a clue about it, they just still call me because I never say, no, I don't know how to do that. I just always like, okay, well, let me look into it. Maybe I can figure it out for you or, oh yeah, I know so-and-so that can get this sorted out for you. And it's just like the elders in the family, it got to a point where they're approaching me. And I think at one point and I, I, I said to my mom, why does... The whole family call me when there's something up. Like there's elder people than me in the family, you know, more, um, more experienced than me. Why am I getting all the calls? Because at one point it, came a little, it became a little bit frustrating and, and I couldn't say no to people. And my mom said, well, you always figure out the answer for them and you're always willing to help. Not a lot of people are willing to help these days because they've got so much going on. The Lord just mostly would be like, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I've never done this before. or I saw, I'm sorry, I can't help you. But I was never that person, which did impact me in a bad way as well, because sometimes I was getting involved in sorting out things for people that I wouldn't have anything. I wouldn't get anything out of it, to be honest. Just, just helping, purely helping that would distract me from what I was doing. But then when I'd done it for them, it was just such a satisfaction. I thought, you know what, I do enjoy helping people. I get a good satisfaction out of it. It drives me forward to do better things. And that's where coaching started from because I just got approached a lot on social media, especially after a couple of wins, people were approaching me, asking me for help, telling me their stories. And that was incredible. I got to a point where I thought, wow, these people are sharing these deep stories with me. They're trusting me. They're looking up to me. I need to do something with this. I need to like help people. And that's where the coaching started, started mm. from just wanting to help people really more than anything else. This ties well within uh, my next question, which was 
about purpose. So if you feel like you found yours, how would you define it? I don't know how to put it into words. I think everyone's purpose is to help each other. Everyone is here to make, to bring something good in the areas that they have skill. And that's what I genuinely believe. And I think my purpose might actually be, I deep down always think, you know, I can be better. I can do better. I can achieve better things. Um, but then there's always a question of, well, why to do what with it? Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of the times people want everything for themselves, for their own self-satisfaction. I think I'm in this position for a reason. It didn't just happen that I've got a lot of opportunities taken from me and then I open my eyes one day and I'm standing on a stage with a medal and trophy. The first time I step on stage, uh, there's been a lot of people in this industry that have been doing it for years and still trying to achieve what I've achieved. Is that a signal? I think I see everything as a signal. That's how I'm still finding my bigger purpose, let's say. I think your purpose can change uh, based on your situation and what you've got to work with. At the moment, I do genuinely believe it's helping people. It's... Um, you know, changing people's mentality towards life. And I believe there is a bigger purpose waiting for me as I develop and nurture my knowledge within the industry and life overall. I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It resonates <laughs> a lot. And I think something that you mentioned earlier as well about uh, coaching and helping people, I think it's almost as a calling. You're called upon. Yeah helping other people you have this desire to share and to uplift people that really resonates with me which is the reason why yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing as well so can really... it's a great feeling yeah especially when you see the other person happier yes it's it's just it's I don't think it's a feeling that you can really explain to be honest it's like when I see my clients change and over things that are that could be little to others they cry and get so excited and wake up and they send you this message of you know I fit into that dress and it might be something very small for other people but you don't know how much that person struggled with that in their mind for maybe even years and whoa suddenly there is a person called Jada and she could change that and she did it and I'm like, wow, okay, maybe this is definitely what I should be doing. If I'm making the, this person happy, what's greater than that? What's, you know, more beautiful than that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I, I share your thoughts fully on this. If you could go back in time and tell your 18-year-old self something, what would it be? Don't waste your time overthinking about everything society is trying to tell you. Just do you. You believe you can be something great. I sometimes think about this too, and I think you really can't rush growth. Every lesson that you unlocked for yourself, mm -hmm. it was because you were ready in that moment. And the reason that you didn't unlock it before, it's because there were some pieces of the jigsaw missing. Missing, yeah. So I definitely relate to to the yeah. concept of everything does happen at the right time, the right yeah, place, exactly right, as exactly. it's supposed to be. Your time will come. Like, um, especially in this sport, in bodybuilding, a lot of people these days, um, it's a hard sport. You go through a lot. You stand there on that day and there's judgment. You're putting yourself in front of being judged. And, you know, uh, recently on my socials, I've been openly talking about the fact that, you know, when you, when you come off that stage, you... You can't, you can't complain. You can't say, oh, I should have won. If you should have, you would have because it would have been your time. Your time is not now. Accept it, you know. But the thing is, you've worked hard. You've brought something that a lot of people can't do. Acknowledge that. And you've brought the best version of you. And that's what that matters. So it's like, 
the reasons behind what we do, um, the reasons we, behind the things that we do is quite important. Doing it for the wrong reason can lead us down a road of, you know, asking the wrong questions and being disappointed with something that we should have enjoyed maybe down, you know, on the journey. So honestly, if it's your moment, if it's meant to happen for you that day, it will happen. If it hasn't, your time will come. But I always say, be conscious. Just look out for opportunities, things, signals. You know, be aware. Channel your inner self more to see, is this what I should be doing? You know, ask questions about yourself. Speak to yourself kindly and ask those questions so you can find your path easier for the right reasons and trust that if it's meant to happen for you, it will happen at the right time. Beautifully put. What's next for you? Jada, always up, up to a million <laughs> New endeavors. <laughs> yeah. Um, comp another competition coming up. So every, you know, uh, every time I've stepped on stage, I've placed. I've had a medal, I've had a placement, and it's not something that happens all the time in this industry. And I'm quite blessed to have had the opportunities I've had. And, uh, you know, every time I've stepped on stage, I've placed, I've come away with a medal uh, with really good placings as well, higher than I expected. So that, again, I was saying about the signals, I took that as a signal that, okay, as long as I'm getting better all the time, then maybe I should just continue mm -hmm. and see how far I can go. So uh, last year, I uh, transitioned from the uh, fitness and modeling industry, which is a different type of competition, uh, to the pro league IFBB, uh, which is a higher level and just different criteria. And first time I stepped on stage in the new federation, I placed fifth. Uh, it was a European championship. There was a lot of competitors. I just went in to have an experience. I didn't go to get a placement because I just, you know, at that point thought, you know what, I'm not going to be naive. I'm going to be realistic. Whatever happens, happens. I'm here. And the fact that I have the opportunity to be here as an Iranian woman to be competing in this sport says a lot and will open a lot of eyes for the women of my country, at least, and a lot of women across the world that you know, don't always believe that, you know, they can be involved in something similar. Fifth place uh, was amazing. And this year I went back to obviously improve on that. I got uh, second place, which was a huge improvement for me. I thought, you know, maybe at least third I'm going to get, but I came away with second place, which was amazing. So I'm very close uh, to that first place and to that overall. So uh, that's what's driving me forward right now to have another competition uh, next year but I needed to take a lot of break because I've been dieting for too long and it's not healthy on the body so next year one more competition maybe a few more like close to each other working on my uh, coaching app right now just to be able to provide a better service to my clients and easier um, easier method of coaching so that it saves me a little bit more time so that the coaching is allowing me to focus on the actual client more rather than, you know, the programming and everything like that. So the app will really help with that, hopefully, and with being a better coach as well. YouTube channel coming up, a lot of fitness things and traveling. Um, I had the opportunity, I was blessed to have the opportunity to travel around Europe um, on a road trip after my competition recently. That was amazing. I filmed a lot um, and for a lot of, uh, I, I will do it in both languages, so uh, Farsi and also English, just so that the people in my country can also get to see some of the places that they might not have the opportunity to travel to. But I'm also keeping the fitness aspect of things within these videos, showing, you know, what it's like to be on the road <laughs> as a bodybuilder. So that's the YouTube channel. and. Uh, for now, these are my main focus for the, the year coming up. So, yeah. A lot on your plate. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing uh, I hope all I can of make that. It. <laughs> yes. Definitely. And I also just wanted to add on what you said earlier um, about the process of you going through 
winning all of these medals uh, and having all these great achievements, I, I heard, I sensed that there's such a healthy mix of expectation management and gratitude and just a healthy way of looking of that, on that whole experience that you're going through. And I, I find that's, that's really beautiful and that's a part of your uh, strong mindset Thank and uh, definitely something to learn from. Yeah. yeah. To go through an experience like that, uh, an athletic career, if you yeah. will, uh, in a harmonious and balanced way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's because the industry of bodybuilding, it can be unhealthy as well, um, both mentally and physically. And uh, many people come into it for the wrong reasons. And I think um, being a bit more aware um, as an athlete, I've seen a lot of things that always made me think, mm, I don't, I don't want to do it for that reason. I don't want to be that. I don't want to get to that point. I don't want to get to that spot. And so I think that's why I have this angle um, of looking at this sport in this way and just an overall blessing because I'm hearing so much from women around the world about themselves and their you know the things that they've missed out on in life and it's just my socials have actually been a big reason for this like opening my eye to a lot of things that's hidden in the world amongst women especially has affected this aspect um that I have on the on the sport Last but not least, I'd like to ask you, what is your recipe for happiness? Knowing that you are doing your best, it's success in anything brings happiness, right? You, it gives you that satisfaction when you're successful in whatever it is that you're doing, knowing that you're doing your best considered successful in my opinion, because if I'm doing my best and if I know I'm doing everything within my power, I can't do any more than that. <laughs> That's that I'm being successful because I'm doing my best and I should be happy with that. And I think just doing, you know, knowing deep down that you're doing your best. If you know you can push a bit more, don't ignore it. Do that. Yeah. Do your best. <laughs> this beautiful you. note. Thank you so much Thank for having you. me. Thank you for this opportunity. It's been a great chat. Thank you. <laughs> Hello friends. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and share it with someone. I would love to hear your feedback and suggestions as to what guests you would like to see on the show next. See you next week.